I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Non-Human Biologics, the creepy but necessary podcast that covers every single episode of the TV show, The X-Files. We are your hosts today talking about uh, more spooky alien times. Chris, I have a question for you before we get started in this. Has... Watching the X Files and doing this X Files podcast, uh, we're this is our fourth episode. We haven't released any of them to the public yet. Uh, we're we're still waiting on art and music to be finished, yeah. and we, we're we're gonna we're gonna launch this thing, and hopefully people will like it. Uh, but has 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 being adjacent to this alien shit has it made you more interested in alien shit? Like, are you have you reached out to see what like current alien shit is out there? I haven't reached out for for current alien shit um but when i originally watched this show i was kind of like all in on that i was like what's going on now i'm afraid i'm afraid to kind of stretch those tendrils out because it's it leads so quickly into like also the earth is flat yeah and the government's run by lizards and i just it's you know it's a slippery slope so it doesn't feel as fun anymore but i do love like a good ufo sighting i do love when somebody's like i've been abducted you know that really it lights my fire, if you will. I do feel like I need to create a second TikTok account uh, specifically to dive into UFO stuff. You got to get into conspiracy TikTok. Yeah, because I don't, but I, I don't want my like normal like I'm I'm on the couch for twenty minutes and I just mm-hmm. want to look at like. We got to make an NHB account. I need, I need an NH. Oh my god, yeah, I do. We have a Monster of the Week account, and that that's gets some traffic. <laughs> so I guess we might as well commit. Um, but I've been specifically about like there's something i've been listening to a little bit of tool lately the rock band tool um i've heard of them i don't know if you know about know about this but like they 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 dig into some alien shit like they there's some there's some music and some songs they make which uh one song very specifically is like from the perspective of someone who got abducted um over like some fucking shredding heavy metal and crazy danny carey drums with with, um tom delong of blink 182 yeah (laughs) also (laughs) is super into this kind of stuff uh but i'm just kind of fascinated with like representation in the media with this stuff yeah. so um I, but, but you're right it's difficult to go down the rabbit hole because everything is an alt-right fucking nightmare nowadays right but um, this i will say that x files at least in season one is playing it really straight in a way that i i i know i don't know how how into pop culture the idea of extraterrestrials was um was I, I know that there was okay so ob- obviously it's existed in tabloids and all that forever but it just feels like this is is really taking that concept and treating it really seriously. Even though we will, you know, we'll kind of laugh about little green men and stuff. Um, but I just think the concept of the show is like it's it's handling it really well, and you just it sucks me in every episode. It's weird to think that this. It's weird to have the conversation that this might be like the first like mainstream UFO show, especially when mm-hmm. we had stuff like E.T. or Close Encounters or things like right, that, which right, is like right. hugely popular blockbuster movies that like, you know, deal with this sort of thing. But but at the same time, like there, while there's a little bit of this government cover up aspect in, some, in something like E.T., like this really feels like it's on the ground. Like this feels like a conspiracy theorist working at the FBI. What the fuck is that about? And a really mm-hmm. interesting and unique kind of take on the whole alien thing and then of course with the added benefit of skelly there to to tisk tisk everything as it, yeah. as it comes up um although i have been very impressed that's what i thought was going to happen um and it's not really happened it's, yeah, it really hasn't happened yet yeah. um you know who aren't speaking of alt-right conspiracy theorists you know who aren't alt-right conspiracy theorists who's that our patrons over at patreon.com slash we don't know the week. they are no 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 i'm pretty sure <laughs> if they're giving us money they're not they're definitely sure. not <laughs> they're sure. not they know we don't support that trash uh they give us money every month to get access to episodes of this podcast early as well as um exclusive content 
as well as access to our Discord server, all kinds of cool stuff. Let's get into it, Chris. What has been happening on the X-Files? Last time on the X-Files, Special Agents Fox Mulder and Dana Scully took on the infamous Eugene Toombs, an ageist, ageless serial killing creature. Who's st- he's ageist. <laughs> Fuck he's you, 80-year-olds. Yeah, he hates the elderly. Uh, <laughs> Eugene Toombs, an ageless serial killing creature who stretched himself through vents and cracks and chimneys like a sadistic Santa Claus. But even as they faced off against the unknown, Scully found herself pushing back against career-climbing co-workers in her pursuit for truth and justice we are covering season one episode four conduit which aired on october 1st 1993 was directed by daniel sackheim writers howard gordon alex gonza Mulder faces his feelings about the disappearance of his sister after a girl in iowa mysteriously vanishes and let's get right into it it's spooky time on the lake this yeah. looks exactly like the lake from Supernatural, uh, episode one three. <laughs> so I'm just gonna Is throw it? that out there. <laughs> I think um, they both filmed in Vancouver. I think so. <laughs> I mean, it could. There's probably a lot of shared locations. Uh, we see two kids, a uh, a young a young lady as well as her very very young brother sleeping outside underneath the stars. We go into a camper where the mom is sleeping. Uh, we get lots of like lingering shots of mundane items. And as somebody who is currently uh, editing a music video uh, for our podcast. I just want to say thank you to the people at the X-Files for just having a lot of lingering shots where nobody's mm-hmm. talking. It makes my job much, much easier. So Absolutely. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, and then, out of nowhere, the entire camper starts to shake. Um, yeah. I, uh, Autumn has been... I don't know that she'll last all 11 seasons, but much like when we watched uh, when we started Monster of the Week with Supernatural, uh, Autumn is watching every episode with me. And uh, Autumn's episode, comment at this point was um, the entity started fucking that camper. Yeah. Because it was yeah. it was rocking and rolling, Chris. He, he slammed his penis in the car door, if you know what I'm saying. He slammed his penis in the car door of this camper. Uh, everything starts uh, just <laughs> rocking mom is completely thrown out of bed it's in the most filled hilarious with a with a yeah she's she's uh she's been bundled uh it's filled with a bright white light and when she hears her children screaming out for her outside or at least her son screaming out for her outside she tries to grab the door handle to the camper to open it up and she burns her hand yes. um, so this thing has just been superheated and blasted with light and it's getting all all bundled around um i don't know what bundles the only word i can come up with right now it's you know it's tough to come up with verbs sometimes um but she goes out only to find her, her son is there he doesn't know what the hell happened but she, her daughter ruby is gone yep uh ruby has disappeared that's our cold open we get the intro uh i have been peeking into the x-files fandom chris and okay. uh, it was pointed out to me recently uh that in the intro we see both the ID badges of, of course, Agent Mulder and Agent Scully. Um, most ID badges, as we we've seen a lot of them throughout our years of podcasting, but like most of the time it's a straight on shot, right? Like it's you go mm-hmm. to the if you go to the DMV, they're not letting you do like an o- over the shoulder pose or anything like that, right? Um, yeah. But if you look at Scully's, <laughs> they were like, this woman is so beautiful. She deserves a three-quarter portrait shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's kind of got an angle to it, and I love yeah. it. It's fantastic. They, were, they just let their work, you know? We start out in, um, I call this dude the boss man. because I, I, was call, I was just calling this Scully's boss. I don't actually know if we have his name. Um, but he's pissed because he's like Mulder is trying to turn a tabloid case into a real investigation. He's trying to get like like a work trip made out of this. He's trying to get yeah. funding to to get you guys flying out there. But none of this 
is adding up. Like this isn't a real case. You can very briefly see that it's like eleven thousand dollars that he's asking yeah. for. Yeah, which dude. is a lot. Seems like a <laughs> lot, a lot of, of money. money. <laughs> yeah, like I have done business trips before, um, and granted, I'm not an FBI agent, and but they, right. they I don't know where the eleven thousand dollars is it's going. It's all those fucking sunflower seeds. I guess it's the sunflower seeds because my God, they stay at like a fucking roadside no-tell <laughs> motel kind of situation. They don't. They rent shitty cars. Like they don't eat good food like we always see them at diners like where is this money going Mulder? give us no idea no idea uh but basically the boss dude is saying like he wants to you know use this for a fucking tabloid headline and scully manages to convince him not to just reject it out of hand but to give her an opportunity to talk to to Mulder. Um, and of course, Mulder has a lot more information that yeah. he let on and, about. And the boss also mentions like, yeah, you know, Mulder seems to think, or we suspect that Mulder thinks this is connected to this older X-File. And when Scully takes a look at it, she realizes it's for Samantha Mulder, his yes. sister. Um, I, the one little piece of trivia I got about this episode is that this, uh, you see Samantha T. Mulder here, and this was later okay. retconned so that her middle name was Anne. So little, little fun fact. <laughs> Damn. Um, Sure enough, this is, you know, he, they think it's about his sister. Of course, Scully already knows all of this information. He's mm-hmm. already told her. Mm-hmm. Um, Scully goes to talk to, to him. Uh, Mulder turns out that this lake, Lake Ogaboge, uh, is is a hot spot for UFO activity. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, many years ago, a bunch of Girl Scouts saw something really weird. And uh, it turns out one of those Girl Scouts was the mom of the girl that was abducted in the cold yeah. open. So he's already he's already made the connections. And he says Okaboji so many times. He's really enjoying it. Uh, I looked it up because I thought, oh, maybe this is like a real UFO hotspot. I don't know if that's true, but I did discover that they changed the spelling of the real Lake Okaboji to how it's spelled in the show. O-K-O-B-O-G-E. <laughs> they just it's were like, like, okay, whatever. <laughs> which means, and I read this in the in a trivia page for, for the X-Files, they means they had to make a road sign with the incorrect spelling on it. And I don't know why they didn't just use the real spelling and the real road. It's just... Unless somebody just didn't know. They just heard the word Okaboji and just figured out how to spell it and didn't... I guess they didn't have the internet to look it up. But it's just an interesting little thing. That is a weird... They the spelling of a real place. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to worry about being approved for the $11,000 in travel expenses. We just go directly to Sioux City. Um, they meet Darlene Morris, who is the mom, uh, and her, his... Excuse me. Her son, Kevin, who is uh, just immediately doing the creepy kid thing. This is... This yeah. is you know, he's drawing at the this table. Is standard. Yeah. If your kid is drawing and being silent and withdrawn. Spooky. He's fucked. He's, he's talking to ghost. He's getting, <laughs> Get an exorcist. He's getting fucking messages from the TV. He's He's yeah. got something. He's got some shit. Go, he's got the shine. We, I mean, he's, he's got the shine. This kid's ticking all the boxes. <laughs> kid's got the shine. We got to get, get him an exorcist here. and get him a therapist. We got to figure out what's going on. Even Scully is like Mulder. I think he has the shine. And Mulder's like, see? Yeah. See? <laughs> been telling you (laughs) um so all right um we're we're there we talk okay um oh Mulder. um molder takes a moment to to creepily stroke the photo of the of the young missing girl of ruby um or photo of ruby when she was young um and i obviously know it's because they are communicating to us the audience Uh that Mulder is immediately he because he's caught up in the sticking about his younger sister 
Uh, I'm just saying, if, but, a, if a grown man came into my house and stroked a picture of my missing daughter, I'd be a little weird. Oh, out. I'd be calling Chris Hansen, man. We got to set this yeah. dude up. We got to, we got to, we got to trap. I'd be pulling Scully aside, be like, "What's his? Deal? What is his deal? So, so what's going on with him?" I just want to let you know how in tune we are with each other sometimes, Chris, because I used the word creepily in my notes. I said creepily yeah. touches one of the pictures, so that's how me and you were. Yeah, into and it. I said I said creepily strokes. I took it one further. Yeah, it's it's bad. Um, they talked to Darlene, who. Said, says you know she's kind of at her last wit with all of this stuff her daughter's missing nobody's taking her seriously kevin's acting up she he's got the shine she says to him he's and they're the like shine, yeah, yeah we know we can tell we knew we as know. soon we as we walked tell. in <laughs> yeah, yeah his name is kevin and he's doing that um, yeah and he keeps saying red rum all right he's got the shine uh scully starts asking you know normal fbi questions like where's the dad <laughs> could he have kidnapped this child yeah uh, and darlene shuts that down um and she of course thinks it's the same thing that happened in 1964 with her uh, and Mulder brings it up i think first and she's like you know about that and he's like oh yeah i know all about it and, sh- and he she looks at him like with this desperation and says they took her didn't they mr Mulder?" Um, which is, I think, a, a real. I don't know. I got a lot of. I got a lot of enjoyment out of this line. Um, there's a. Um, there's this this undercurrent of desperation, obviously from Darlene, the mother, but also from Mulder, and it builds throughout it, and we get to see kind of Sully reflect on that, or or kind of observe that desperation rising. Now, Mulder, he's been in some pretty sticky situations so far. You know, um, he's he's pushed it over the over the edge a, a few times now. But this, there is like a different side to him that we're seeing. He's always been driven. He's always been passionate about it. But this is close to home. Also, want to really remi- start to see that. Just want to remind you. I mean, we're only four episodes in. And he's we're already only had four a, episodes in. We, we, he's already had his mind wiped once. He's <laughs> had his mind wiped by the government at a UFO facility. Yeah, two episodes ago, he got his mind wiped. Now. Kevin has the shine. <laughs> like this two is so ago, he had his mind wiped. <laughs> then he had to deal with a fucking stretchy serial killer oh who presumably God. has escaped prison since. Oh, absolutely, has <laughs> And now this prison. kid's got the fucking shine, and a girl got abducted. Uh. Darlene tells Scully that she's she's had to tell this story many times to to various people that are ostensibly are asking to help her, uh, and she sees the the look in their eyes as they they begin not to believe her as she tells her story, and it's the same look that Scully has in in her eyes right now, um, and the camera cuts cuts to Scully who looks like kind of like she's just putting on a pair of sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what look? What, she says. what look? <laughs> <laughs> puts on a pair of mirrored lenses and is like you yeah. mean you mean the look that you're giving yourself honey <laughs> yeah <laughs> take a look in the mirror honey uh, yeah no but but scully is kind of giving off that like mm-hmm, okay sure um this is the closest i think we get to that stereotype of what we think scully is um but it's not because she is just being like a wet blanket she really is she's trying to do her job yeah by locating a missing girl she said last episode that what matters she's on the side of the victim that's what's important here she's not about proving anybody's theories right she's about doing everything that's needed to to save somebody who's missing um but i think she's also kind of being a little bit of a naysayer because she's seeing that change in Mulder throughout this episode she's seeing him kind of become desperate which is unusual for him yeah yeah this is this is gonna be yeah this i like this i like this a lot um I have lost my place in my notes. Mulder goes Thank to you. talk to Kevin, to the little boy, who's sitting in front of the TV, which is just playing static. Uh, and he's writing <laughs> binary ones and zeros in his notebook. Um, and Mulder's like, what the f- 
fuck is this? What are you um, doing? Yeah, the, actually, Mulder is probably like literally jizzing in his pants right now. Like he's yeah. like, oh, well, this is my goddamn jam. Like this, this is, I am. This is what I get out of bed in the morning. For. Yeah, this is exactly what I've been looking for. Uh, he's got the shine. He's got the shine. As he asks the kid, like, what's he's writing? He's like, I don't. The kid's like, I don't know. It's coming from there and points to the static in the TV, and you can just see Mulder like do a little like yes, like a yes, little one of those hell, little fist hell pumps. Yes. Uh, hell yes. <laughs> they head over to the sheriff's department where Mulder faxes the one of these pages to his friend um just a weird note in this exchange with this friend i find this kind of fascinating um he's promising his friend like a favor if they like decode yeah, he'll this get him form, right? a baseball game or well he's like yeah. yeah i know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy that can get you redskins tickets um which i mean we're, we're, i think they're the washington generals right nowadays or whatever but um yeah, or the guardians or something yeah they changed the name i just i just think i just think it's really funny and there's like i know a guy that can get you tickets yes yeah, so do i the ticket guy <laughs> yeah just go buy tickets like just what is... buy him tickets Mulder. you I don't just... have to like jump through hoops <laughs> put that into your fucking your finance folder or whatever you get that yeah. your, where's like eleven thousand dollars going to? <laughs> that's just... what it is that's <laughs> It's eleven thousand dollars of bribes and tips and shit. <laughs> That's, I mean, at least when we're, we did Supernatural, like Dean had to earn that money hustling pool, right? Uh-huh, like, uh-huh. like the fact that our tax dollars are going to pay, to paying off fucking bartenders and ticket tabs or whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. You know, yeah, that's what it's all about. Yeah. Uh, the sheriff is talking to Scully when Mulder walks in, uh, and the, you can tell right away that Mulder is pretty unhappy with the sheriff's response to this entire investigation. And it's proven out, I think, over the course of the episode. The sheriff didn't really treat this seriously. Uh, he knows Ruby is a local girl who gets herself in trouble. He's had to pull her out of cars and, see, you know, or maybe arrested for, uh, like, drunken and disorderly kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. like, basically, like, a very much discriminating against this woman uh, because she's maybe not his style a little bit right right um, it's just that's that that easy dismissal that that they're a certain type of person um treats another certain type of person <laughs> it's it, and it go, even goes to so far as saying like oh she was a party girl like it was a matter of time before something happened to her like well that's yeah. a shitty thing to say about like a it's member incredibly of your community. shitty um and and Mulder, you know bristles at this they they eventually leave and as they leave uh, I think this is the funniest sequence in the episode by a, yes. a zillion miles. Hands down. <laughs> they Hands find, down. They find a handwritten note underneath the windshield wiper, which says, like, look up and follow me or something. Yeah. Uh, and they literally look up and, like, a, a, a young blonde woman is, is standing there and she runs into the library. And Scully... <laughs> and she moves so fast. Like, well, it has to be her. <laughs> Scully and Mulder take off at the speed of lightning. Like, they are like, this is the most important thing that we have right now. We have to run immediately. They don't even question it like somebody left us a note and gave us a task we have to fucking go and they zip um they get into the library very quickly like spot this girl who like runs down one of the stacks and as they're going down to chase her she like starts talking them through the stacks like this is fucking so it's just that's this is spycraft this is spycraft Tessa, oh. this, this girl, well, we're gonna find out later. This, this girl's name is Tessa. Tessa, what Tessa are you is doing? doing the most. <laughs> what are you, you're being so dramatic right now with FBI agents. Do you understand what they do for a living? She's no. hiding between the stacks Nobody of books. Does. You don't need to, Tessa. <laughs> I, I also why not just wait for them by their car and talk to them why not just fucking talk to them uh and, and then, i know because she doesn't want to be on the record because spoilers she was involved yeah because um, she totally lied uh she's totally lying right now but she tells them that uh, uh ruby didn't have any friends she just liked to be to hang out with folks uh that night she was supposed to meet her boyfriend greg randall who was like a local bartender uh and then she tells them that ruby was pregnant and they were about to leave town together uh, and then she like runs off 
Like yeah. just like skitters away. She and- vanishes, dude. She's like a wraith. <laughs> she's gone, dude. It's Scully and Mulder. Mulder's like, she's got. The, does she have the shine? What What's happened? going on? What's in going this on in this town? Are we in Twin Peaks? Am I in Twin Peaks? And Scully's like, Yeah, of course you are. Yeah, you, you are. You, you actually, you are. Yeah, yeah. You, um, you're part of one of the most famous lines from that show. Uh, but that's no. That's neither here nor there. Um, I, I find this whole thing very, very amusing. It's, it's just in, in just the perfect way. It's so X Files. It's just in. It's. So subtle and yet somehow so over the top. It's just brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, but so they now they know where this this fellow, this boyfriend worked uh, at the Pennsylvania pub. They're going to go down there and check it out. Did you write um, that down? I did, and it doesn't fucking matter, right? Um, <laughs> I just I'm so to... sick of doing that. Why do I bother? <laughs> I just wanted to check. I didn't write it down this time, so I was curious if you would. Every fucking time, dude. <laughs> um, so Scully, we go in. She's getting a lot of stares from the bikers, which is my first note, and it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter because they don't. They the don't. bikers don't approach her. They don't. They don't bother them. Um, but yeah, so they ask. They go to the bartender. They flash their badges. They ask. They ask for Greg. Uh, bartender says uh, Greg hasn't been here. He called out of work three weeks ago, and we haven't heard from him since. If you see him, let him know he's fucking fired. Um, and as they're leaving, no new information. Mulder spots the bartender's UFO tattoo. Does he do this uh, with everybody? I mean, like, yeah, what I, is... I bet he fucking does. He's got to be just the worst in bars. Um, but he plays dumb. He asks He asks about the tattoo, and he's like, you don't really believe in that stuff, do you? Um, and the guy kind of tells him, like, oh, you, well, you should ride out with us to Lake Okoboji sometimes, and, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll check it out. Uh, um, there's some weird shit out there. Mulder's like, what? <laughs> the guy says, you'll get a killer sunburn in the middle of the night. And he pulls back his hair, and he sees his, uh, his scorched ear. Like, he's... he's suffered a serious burn to his ear so according to the you know to the locals something fishy's going on out there have you seen uh speaking of asking people what their tattoos mean have you seen the latest controversy on tiktok about tattoos i have not no there's some dude and i, I don't know how this started and i'm only tangently relating but like um he's his face is covered in tattoos uh, I guess people started talking shit to him on TikTok. So he started taking their profile pictures and getting their profile picture tattooed on his body. Holy um, shit. And this kind of like, I guess, escalated to the point where like he tattooed someone's dead father <laughs> to his Damn. back. And like, it, Damn. I think that may be the funniest bit of all time. Like I couldn't commit <laughs> to that bit. Like there's just no way. I don't think anybody was really willing to commit to that bit yeah. except for this dude. But like people are mad. I don't know how I would feel about someone getting like, if somebody did that to me, I'd be like, wow, I'm owned, <laughs> which is odd. If somebody, just po- like, he said, Oh yeah, you want to talk shit? Look at this. And then he shows me their bare ass and it has a picture of my face on it. I'd be like, what, what do I, what do I even fucking say to that? What do I do? What do I say? What do I do? <laughs> I'd be, dude, I'd be stunlocked. I wouldn't know what to do. You would absolutely be just fucking shaken to your core. Yeah. yeah I, I saw that. That today, was like, like Scully when she heard, when she heard Mulder say, <laughs> talk shit about UFOs. She went into like a date. She's like, am I in reality <laughs> what, what, right what now? What is going on? Um, so they leave this bar. They go back to the hotel. It's 530 in the morning and Scully wakes up and she sees shadows moving across her window. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Her door handle begins to shake. She grabs her gun. The door bursts in. Guys with suits and flashlights start demanding to know where Mulder is. Uh, cut to... She's like, in the next room over, you fucking yeah, shit. Yeah, 327. You're in 326. You're bad at your job. Jesus. We don't sleep together. What the hell? One. Yeah, yeah. We only have $11,000 to spend. Do you think we have... Yeah. <laughs> we can't, we're not going to get the same hotel room. Jesus Christ. Uh, There's just leftover filet mignon and like four different yeah. plates on the <laughs> Did you guys get takeout Ruth Chris? Like, what is this? Uh, I didn't uh, even know there was a Lake uh, Ruth Chris on Lake Ogopogi. There's a 24-hour Ruth Chris here? 
<laughs> it's funny how it delivers. Uh, it's funny how all of Mulder's UFO hotspots have Ruth Chris associated with them. <laughs> he just loves that, that, that high end macaroni and cheese. It comes out so hot in the pan, Chris. Oh God, it's so good. Oh. Uh, uh, no, this. Uh, we cut over to a shirtless Mulder who has been woken up. Uh, these are agents of the NSA. He's kind of abbed up. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be the first to say it, but. Oh, I think like this is his gig right after like the fucking sex romp show on Showtime, right? Like this, that's, that was what he was doing before. Like Californication? No, 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 no. Do you not know about Red Shoe Diaries? No. What? No. Oh, Chris. Oh, Chris. Oh, Chris. I wonder if there's a trailer for Red Shoe Diaries. I knew about Twin Peaks. I know about um, X-Files. And I know about Californication. I'm not very familiar with anything else. Red Shoe Diaries. Let me see how it's... Um, yep, that's how I would describe it to, describe it to you. Uh, an anthology erotic drama series that aired on Showtime Cable from 1992 to 1970. It was distributed by Playboy. Um, basically... Damn. So is it like softcore? Oh, yeah. It was absolute softcore. This was like... Um, I thought this would be on Skinamax or Cinemax, to be honest with you, uh, because it was like, it was very much like for, I think it, for, it has to be for like, you know, fucking teenagers to jerk off to. Like, that's how right. I knew it, right? Like, I mean, wow. every wow. episode was just different characters in different situations. And like, David Duchovny is there to narrate the whole thing. Like, it's fucking. Oh. And he uh, was like cut. He was looking cut up. Well, I mean, he's just, he's just, he's like the host of fucking, um, what is the sci-fi show? The Twilight Zone. He's oh, there. But it's, but it's softcore porn. <laughs> he's there to teach you the lesson. Um, oh, all right. <laughs> whatever they were teaching. All right. I want to see if there's a trailer for this now. There's got to be. We have not. We're not making any progress in this episode. Yeah. We're, only, we, we'll, we're too early in this podcast's <laughs> career to be doing this. <laughs> do this Red is Sh- episode 100 behavior. We'll, this is episode four. We'll come back to the Red Shoe Diaries later because I, I, I didn't know you didn't know that existed. That's, a, That's for Patreon. We'll watch that for Patreon. Uh, we are not watching these for Patreon. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, where are we okay. in this episode? The, All right. the NSA is the, pissed. The FBI, yeah. yeah, they're pissed. The NSA is pissed because um, the the binary that Mulder faxed to his friend, presumably a, an employee of the NSA, I don't know. It's it's a highly classified defense satellite transmission, uh, and they need to know where the hell it came from. Mulder doesn't want to give anything up, but for some reason, Scully fucking rats on this kid. Um, and we cut over to Kevin's bedroom. Uh, Real quick, the- before we go to um, when she comes out of the room and he realizes that Scully told him, uh, Scully told them about the kid. He's like kind of challenges her on it, and he she she defends herself by saying like they had to know they're the NSA, like it's a matter of national security. And she's like, and he says, you think a seven year old boy is a threat to national security, and you call me paranoid? <laughs> like it's just a really uh, great line. So yes, yeah. Then we cut over to Kevin's room, and they wreck this poor kid's room. They for fucking tearing all the shit apart. It, dude. No it's mercy. They're, taking his, they're just taking his toys. Yeah, why are you taking the fucking, like, like the literal, like, first grade kindergarten carry-on drawings off the wall? Like, what are you doing? It's fucked, dude. It's fucked up. I don't care if it's a threat to national security. Take the extra ten minutes to thoroughly look around, but you don't have to just breathe. They took his toys, dude. Um, but they all, but they do find a notebook filled end-to-end with, with the binary. Um so that's very odd. And they, they fucking cuff the kid, dude. They take both Kevin and Darlene into custody. And they split him up. Like, they put her in a separate this car than so the kid. Up, the NSA is fucked. <laughs> like, this yeah, is horrible. Just, NSA, if you're listening, this was pretty effed up. Yeah. Hey, NSA, it. my own personal NSA agent that lives in my computer, could you not? Could you, could you could, not could kidnap you, that kid from X-Files <laughs> episode four? Yeah. Could you just, like, maybe back off and chill? How about you give him his toys back? Everything of that? Daddy, chill. Daddy, um, chill. 
they find more ones and zeros. They bust out. Yeah. They leave. Uh, meanwhile, Mulder is in the room like, you guys did such a, a beautiful job in here. So he's kind of throwing some shade. As he looks out, he sees the top of the RV uh, and goes out, gets a ladder. And sure enough, it's all blackened with soot. It's, that shit's cooked, it's dude. It's been burned. Uh, s- somebody cooked here, you might say. Somebody was cooking. Uh, and I want to know who. They. I didn't understand this transition. Uh, they. We jumped to talking to a different FBI agent, um, and I thought that they were just checking up on the kid, but it turns out she was just interpreting like what the code was. Um, and then I... Chris, you know I have to do it every single time. I'm going to be yeah. so bummed when we get to like the late 90s and all of this technology goes away or they start using like actual stuff. But like in the meantime, she translates ones and zeros and is like, look at what this could be like turned into. Look at what this information is encoding. And like the first is like a quarter picture of one of Da Vinci's paintings. And the second is a 3D animation of a yep. DNA helix. And like the fourth is an audio file. And I'm like, I know it's, it's unbelievable. I, I know it's all ones and zeros, but it's just really funny the presentation that you're giving me right yeah. now. Like it's But it's but it's yeah dude she's doing the most really um but it's these ones and zeros are not pulling any coherent information and this satellite code that was in there was basically just random it's all this random information that's been pulled and it's bits and pieces i think Mulder puts it as like it was like the kid was changing channels like as he's picking Mm -hmm. up these these things so it's it's picking up pieces of things but they're all fragmented so it's it's what is it what is it all leading to none of this is making any sense um but they decide from here that it's we gotta we gotta drive out and figure something else. But we briefly out. we briefly see the NSA release Darlene and Kevin. Oh um, yeah, they yeah. don't they don't get any information because they don't really know anything. Uh, but now Darlene, you know, blames Mulder for this whole thing um, and basically set, tells him to fuck off. Like, look, yeah. I don't care what you believe, just stay away. You're not helping. Um, we get this shot of like Kevin staring at closed circuit footage, and I was like, "That's going to be a thing," and it is absolutely not a thing. It's not um, really a thing, yeah. <laughs> we go to the car. Uh, Mulder starts telling Scully that he's re- that, Ke- that he believes Kevin is a conduit uh, to yep. whatever name took- of the episode, right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, they, he said the thing. Um, he, he believes that he's receiving this digitized information from a TV screen. Uh, and Scully is like, "Look, you need to calm down. I know exactly why this. You're, you know, you're." you're thinking this, I know why this is important to you, but there's actually no evidence whatsoever that indicates an abduction. Like there's just nothing here. Um, they get to the lake uh, and we give more evidence of this burning thing, uh, which I feel like is for real evidence at this point. Like you look up the treetops and five of the trees in a, in a row have been burned, like the top six inches or whatever. And then you find like fucking fused glass on the beach of this, of this fucking lake. And you're like, what? I, I mean, you, you almost had me with, with the burnt tree chop treetops, but, but sand heated into glass on the beach in Vancouver. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. 20, we got something strange happening here. 2,500 degrees. He tells her it has to be. Uh, and that's when this episode takes a very bizarre turn for me. When Scully just sees a wolf. Out of nowhere. Dude, what's going on with the wolves? The wolves just come out. They just decide to like, Hey, what's up Scully? And she's like, yo, what up girl? Like Scully speaks yeah, wolf. Obviously she does speak wolf. As we know, as we know, this is, this is the one element of the, uh, of the episode where you just kind of like, huh? And I, they are seemingly scavengers going after what is buried in the woods. But I don't know why this thing like leads them. Well, the thing is to it. The, 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 that's the thing that gets me is like she sees it. 
it's like, hey, Mulder, check out the, my my wolf friend, and he's like, check out instead of direwolf. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna deal with that conversation later. Uh, and then he looks at her, and it's, it looks at the wolf, and it just like runs after it when it takes yeah. off. And I'm like, why are you chasing a wolf? <laughs> um, but of course, it's because he's smart. Um, the wolf leads them to a bunch of other wolves, uh, and they're crowding so around. Mulder fires his gun into the air. <laughs> uh, first time he shoots his gun on the on the on the on the TV show, which is oh wow, I thought he was gonna shoot a wolf, and I thought, brother. Let's calm down. Yeah, that's at least a $5,000 wolf. That's, yeah, this is, this is an overreaction. You don't have the budget for two wolves, man. You have a budget yeah. for two wolves. Well, wolf. you got you can afford the two, but you are not getting that third. Yeah, you can. Well, if you want to get Ruth Chris tonight, you're going to need to shoot one wolf. That's the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> His hand's fucking shaking on the trigger as he's thinking about Ruth Chris. Oh, God, what about the Brussels sprouts, Scully? What about the Brussels sprouts? They're so Hold good. Hold your fire, Mulder. Hold your fire. I want some, too. <laughs> My last time at Ruth Chris was such a fucking horrible experience, man. I I can't describe to you. We uh, I know we're wild, wildly off topic, and I'm sorry, but uh, we had a business meeting. Like we were meeting a guy for like a potential like deal, um, and he was flying in the next morning. We were going to go like present some stuff to customers, but we had some shit to talk about. And he was like, "Hey, y'all, there's a Ruth Chris right next to my hotel. Like, let me treat you to dinner." And we were like, "Okay, cool." So we go and we sit down, and the guy's like 20 minutes late, and he comes in. Um, drenched in sweat oh god <laughs> like from head to toe just fucking profusely damp um uh, and in like running gear um and well, i'm not like dressed up or anything but i'm ruth chris casual i guess yeah you're ruth chris casual for sure and and this dude is like oh man i didn't realize how hot it was down here i just i had to get i had to get my runs in i'm sorry i'm late and I'm like let's let's eat and i'm like you're gonna eat like some wet dude, sloppy steaks bro you stink <laughs> what are you doing here it was hard and the food was absolutely terrible so that's oh, that's anyway bummer. it was better in 1993 which is why Mulder likes it so much though um anyway they find this obvious grave. Uh, Mulder, as you mentioned, fires the shot to warn them off. Uh, Mulder wants to dig into it immediately. He's like, I got to find out if it's the girl. Scully has to literally pull him away from it to not disturb the crime scene. Um, we skip uh, a little bit of time ahead where the cops arrive. Uh, it's not Ruby. It's, it's guess who? Greg Randall, Ruby's boyfriend. Um, yeah. They... They find this out because they get the wallet. The sheriff looks at the wallet, says, oh, this is Greg Randall. Mulder says, oh, that's Ruby's boyfriend. And the sheriff, who did not find the shallow grave on the fucking lake that where a child disappeared, says, yeah. Ruby had a lot of boyfriends. Like, fuck you, man. There's, okay. a, there's a dead body you missed. <laughs> All right, dude. Yeah, there's a whole dead human here. Uh, they find a note in the wallet, uh, and it's a what looks like a doctor's appointment, and they compare it to the note from young Tessa. And it's Dude, this, she write, she's got like huge handwriting. She's got you know what I mean? Huge like, handwriting. It's fucking huge. Yeah, you know, she's double spaced without the space. I hate to say this, but like girls that dot their eyes with hearts and have huge Fs, those are troublemakers, Chris. You need to stay those away are, from dude, those kind I of girls. I don't know. I don't like to stereotype. I don't like but. to. I don't like to just. <laughs> I don't like to just you know cast dispersions on a wide swath of people. But if you dot your eyes with hearts but. and you draw huge Fs, you you're trouble. I'm you're, sorry, you're trouble. You're trouble. You're trouble for whatever. Whoever you decide to date, you're trouble for it. You're trouble for him. Uh, Lord. So, okay. Well, we now realize that was Tessa's handwriting, not Ruby's handwriting. Something's going on here. They bring it back to the uh, to the station. And uh, when the sheriff looks at it, he's like, oh, I know Doc Fowler. He delivered my kids. He's my friend. I can get classified patient information for you. That's not a problem at all. I don't even know if HIPAA existed in the 90s. For all I know, it didn't. Uh, but he just goes. And, and long story short, it was Tessa who was pregnant, who was going to see the doctor, not Ruby. Um, 
and they bring her in to question her and um scully <laughs> tries to get her to understand like this is serious you're we're the fucking fbi so you need to you need to figure out what's going on here you need to you need to act right here scully also tells her you waived you've waived the right to a lawyer so if you lie to us uh you can be tried for perjury which i don't think is yeah. true at all i think this is i think this is why people tell you not to talk to the police because they fucking lie to you that's not yeah, that's not um, a thing uh but yeah and so let me get this straight she murdered greg I don't. I don't actually know, dude. I I really don't know I was, what happened in I was, this episode. She was gonna kill her, and then the thing with Ruby. I don't. I don't know what happened, but I. I was thinking, <laughs> the impression I got was that she killed Greg. So she's going down for murder, and she would have killed Ruby too if she hadn't been abducted by fucking aliens. <laughs> it's just a random coincidence uh, because she eventually <laughs> lets out that Ruby wasn't there, right? Like that's the big the reveal here is that when she yeah, by the time yeah. she got there, um, Mulder. Uh, is like, oh, well, she's telling the truth about Ruby. And Scully is like, no, she's not. She's lied to us about literally everything she's told yeah, us. Yeah. Why would you believe this chick? Uh, and it says, you know, once again, Scully kind of making the point of w- w- there's no case here. Like, we, we don't have any reason to be here. We need to get out of here. Um, Mulder storms off saying he's going to go talk to Kevin. And Scully has to yell at him on the street to get him to stop. Like, and he says, stop running after your sister. And that eventually gets him to stop. And as he looks back to her, he says, come with me or don't. But until they find a body, I'm not giving up on that girl. Um, which is, you know. Which I think recenters his motivations. Where yes. if we're looking at it from, from Scully's point of view, it's Mulder's trying to prove UFOs. And on a deeper level, that's tied to Mulder is trying to find his missing sister. Um, but then Mulder's bringing it back, which all of that is true. But this is what she said last episode. He's on the side of the victim we it's easy for him to get caught up in the ufos it's easy for him to get caught up in the missing sister stuff but he's still trying to save a missing girl that's what this is about here it's hard to compare every fbi agent to special agent dale cooper from the twin Peaks series Mm -hmm. uh but this is probably the closest he's gotten to special agent dale cooper like because you know dale cooper would be doing the same thing right now he'd be like no 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 no. yeah we're we're gonna find her like we have to find her um this convinces scully to go along with him they go to uh, Darlene's house. It's it's empty. RV is gone. Mulder has a, of course, a, he thinks that they went back to the lake. Um, as they're driving to the lake, Mulder tells her this story about how. Oh, we we can't forget the giant binary picture. Oh, did I, I, drawn. Did, I did skip right past that. I'm when, so sorry. When, yes. When they get to the house, well, first of all, the teapot is like the kettle's going off. Mm-hmm. So they were, they just left, I guess. Um, but when Scully goes up the stairs, she looks down on the first floor and she sees all the notebook pages have been lined up next to each other. Uh, and they form a giant picture in binary, but it's a giant picture of Ruby's face. That's what this has been all about i guess and it's it doesn't really add up to anything nope it's just it's just an effect it's just a thing it's just evocative so, yeah it's just cool but yeah then now they, they're gonna drive out to the lake that night to look for them and this is where we get back we get into to Mulder's um history a little bit yeah. um, about everything that happened with the sister and his kind of his ritual and this is a, there's a great line in this, but his ritual of, you know, every night he would he would close his eyes and walk into his room and he would hope that when he opened his eyes, his sister would be there in bed like like nothing ever happened. And uh, at the end of it, he says, I'm still walking into that room every day of my life, um, which is a I just that's a great kind of summation of sort of his his mission, you know, who he is at his core. He's still walking into that room as that little boy looking for his missing sister every day. 
they i love i love this by the way i love this like it's it's just the, the idea like it gives him such a, a background right like it's exactly what we need is to know more about this and, and it gives a lot of, a lot of heart to who you know yeah. otherwise could come off as this kind of extreme you know ufo conspiracy theorist um it's it brings him back down to earth in a really really human way um they met they get to the lake they find the camper no one's inside they begin to hear yelling they run into the woods and find Darlene, who just looks like she just maybe smokes too much. <laughs> couldn't keep up. Mm-hmm. Like she doesn't. Yeah. Like she's kind of on her hands and knees a little bit. She's like, oh, I couldn't. He's seven years old. <laughs> she's got a lit lit cigarette in her mouth. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. Uh, <laughs> and Scully's like, Hey, you go. I'm just gonna get this like decrepit old woman who's you know f- yeah. 45 up and, and and situated. Put the cigarette out, darling. <laughs> Can you? I'm just gonna crush your marble reds. This is the first yeah. day of your new life. Um, I did put in my Not notes. My <laughs> that Kevin left her ass in the dust. So that's fun. Yeah, fun. Yeah, Thank you, yeah. Pastor Jeremy. Uh, Mulder runs for this kid, sees him at the edge of this forest um, where he's kind of running into these bright lights. And for the second time in this show, uh, we see these like, I-, I love this effect that they do. And they do it a lot, like the spotlights kind of silhouetting trees in the foreground. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. This time it's this weird kind of orangish light. And we start see- hearing these weird noises. Mulder, of course, takes off to to get to get the boy, and that's when like when the noise builds to a pitch, we realize it's motorcycles, and here comes the entire motorcycle gang, just riding through the lake park area, uh, screaming and yelling. Of course, Mulder has to grab Kevin and like rush him over to the side, um, and Kevin starts saying like she's back, she's back, like Ruby is back, and. At this point, you can kind of tell like Mulder is loses hope because he got faked yeah. out again, um, and he says, "You know, no, I don't think." And we start we start hearing Scully yelling. They run back over to Scully, and lo and behold, there's Ruby. Uh, and Scully is giving her CPR. She's alive. She's not conscious, uh, but there's Ruby, and she she's back. Uh, and it looks like she's like. I, th- I feel like if, if we were in a different like format, like the chick would be just fully nude or whatever. Uh, but like they obviously right. had to cover her up. Like she's got a burlap sack around her or something. So it looks yeah, yeah. it looks really weird. Uh, but she's alive. Yep. Um, and so we we pick back up with them. They're at the hospital the next day or or whenever it was that she woke up. Um, she is showing symptoms of prolonged weightlessness experienced usually by by shuttle astronauts. Um, so this is a this that's a very strange thing to experience. Um, and they go in, they visit her. Um, they ask where she was, and and she tells Mulder that she's not supposed to to tell. She was told she shouldn't say where she was. Um, and before they can really get anything else out of her. Darlene shows up, she pulls Mulder and Scully out, and, and she's basically just like, we want to put this all behind us, and um, she doesn't want Ruby talking to the FBI, and, and when Mulder kind of pushes back on that, he's like, don't you, know, don't you want the story to come out? Don't you want the, the truth to come out? She's going to remember this one way or the, the other, even if it's only in her dreams. This is, this is going to come out, and she's going to want to talk about it. Um, but Darlene says, you know, I spent my life telling people this story, and I've been ridiculed for it my entire life. I don't want that for my daughter. Um, and that's kind of the final say on it. There's there's no wiggle room there. As far as I'm concerned, she spent the last month on the back of a Harley Davidson, is what she tells yeah. Mulder. Like, yeah. I don't want her to live this life. Um, we didn't mention it specifically, but like when they first meet Darlene, he mentions that her name is on like is in the the hall of records at like an alien yeah. research library or something. So like she is a a known pers- personality. 
and she doesn't want the same thing for her daughter. Like she just wants her daughter right. to be able to live her um, presumably kind of party girl lifestyle. Like it seems like she's pretty okay with what her daughter's been doing in the world, which is fine. Like she's not as judgmental. Yeah, as long as, as you're sheriff. not getting abducted by aliens, party all you want. Um, Mulder, of course, is angry about this because it's as close as he's he's come to actually hearing information yeah. about this. Of what and could Mulder it here, mean. he he's still that little boy. You know, yes. he's he's and and to f- hit this dead end here is is frustrating. Uh, we kind of fade into Scully, who is uh, listening to a young Mulder's, or maybe current Mulder's, like under hypnotic suggestion. Yeah, he talks tapes. about he talks about I think in episode one that he was put under hypnosis about it or something. Yeah, um, and so this is obviously that. Um, and this this narration from him uh, talking about being trapped, talking about not being able to move, not being able to help. Um, while we hear that, we see Scully kind of reviewing Samantha's file. We see Mulder holding a picture of him, him and his sister, obviously at a very young age, um, and crying in this church where he's gone for solace. Uh, and, and as we hear this narration, which is, um, I can't move because of this voice in my head telling me that one day she'll return. And he's asked, do you believe the voice? And we get the, the course, the classic line where he says, I want to believe the voice. Um, fade out, fade out. That's the episode. Great ending. Great ending. Great ending. I don't think this episode makes a lot of sense. Just like, no, in terms of what was like, we, what we, the fuck happened to Ruby? Did she get kidnapped by bikers or was she abducted by aliens? Like, and, the, and that's, that's <laughs> the thing, right? They always are just leaving you to wonder like, was that all bullshit or, and what's with the burns? Like the, yeah. we don't we don't really talk about the burns at all. That we just we just move on. And um, I feel like if this show was happening in 2023, we'd all be like writing that down and be like, by the end, by, we'd have eight episodes, and by the eighth episodes, we would know everything, right? Like that's just yeah. how it would work. But and I'm I don't need to have everything explained, certainly. Um, but this this episode in particular feels like they did just sort of leave most of it <laughs> up in yeah, the open. Yeah, it just felt like they and it's it's weird because in the moment I'm really like, I've really enjoyed the episode. Like I feel like the imagery, the mood, the atmosphere and everything mm-hmm. is really, really great. I don't necessarily care that I don't, I don't know exactly what happened to yeah, like Greg, the fuckhead. <laughs> like I don't like, I don't really right. need, I don't, who cares? Yeah, What happened to him? Why did we really have a mini NSA arc? In this? <laughs> you know, also, also very funny. Yeah. Like, and, and I love that the NSA were just like, they, they picked up this kid and we're just like, Oh, well you don't actually know anything. This was an accident. See you later. And like, you see you later. Bye bye. Didn't even uh, give his toys back. I was curious uh, because the show has gone on for so long. Like, there's so many episodes and movies, and I know that they've revisited plot lines over the years. I was curious, and uh, they, this kid never. The kid shows up again as a different character, but they never come back and revisit this dude. Like, I, it's it's exactly like the fucking Antichrist kid, um, Jesse and Supernatural, where they're just like, eh, okay, we'll deal with it later, and then don't. we don't need a conduit. The mom said no. Yeah, so. the mom said no. So that he's just living. He's just got the shine and fucking you know whatever state yeah. college he's going to for. An English major. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, still solid episode. We're holding it down. This, again, this one is the first that's that's a little loose around the edges. You know, it's not as tight as some of the other ones, but, um, but overall, still good, fun. Good episode. Yeah, yeah it's, good it's definitely fun to watch. Uh, any last thoughts? Uh, no. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the podcast. Um, I mentioned this earlier, but we still haven't actually released any of these things. 
and now we're, we're four weeks into it. So hopefully you have all been doing the thing that we asked, which is leaving lots of reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and places where that stuff matters. Um, sharing the podcast with your friends is easily the best way for a podcast to gain new listeners. If you're doing that, please and thank you. Posting about us on Tumblr was one of our biggest ups on Monster of the Week. So if you want, yes. if, if you have an X Files fan blog, then please get at us. We, we would love so we would As, love it, especially for a podcast called Non-Human Biologics. <laughs> we need all the help we can get. Uh, I got I have a story to tell you about Non-Human Biologics. So after we get off the uh, microphone, but Ooh. I'll uh, I'll do that later. Anyway, um, thank you for doing that. We very very much appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back next week with more X Files. Bye. Nobody, nobody fights harder than me. <laughs> nobody. S- strongest battles. Strongest, strongest battles. <laughs> toughest soldier. <laughs> nobody has it like me. Takes me so long to update this course. What? I don't understand what happens. I mean, I know we don't record like four times a week or anything, mm-hmm. but I feel like we recorded. Did we record last week? I feel like we recorded. Yeah, we absolutely week. recorded. We and I, re- yeah. I updated this. We recorded Sunday. What am I talking about? We recorded like four days ago. It was like so soon, so recently. And I came in earlier this week to update my laptop. I don't understand what happens. I don't understand what Discord. your computer is doing to make yeah, you... Yeah, it's old. It's like old and very unsafe, I think. Um, it's weird to hear you call that computer old because I've, I've, I remember like you yeah. buying it because i think you were asking me for advice on like which windows laptop to buy like i remember looking up like technical articles for yeah, you and like it was, sending um, you recommendations it was right after we started the podcast so like seven years ago maybe jesus um, christ yeah and then i got the the screen got uh broken yes i remember this yeah and i was working from home so i just like immediately just like went out and bought another laptop which was about two years ago maybe Uh um and now i just use that laptop all the time but just because of the like in the meantime before that laptop came i had like gone and like done this crazy setup uh with my microphone and uh, a tv monitor and my laptop so i could still use everything and i'm just there's a part of me that's just like no like i'm still i'm gonna get use out of it for as long as i fucking can but it's kind of a nightmare that it takes me 15 minutes from the time that i sit down to the time i can get into our uh conversation which isn't great um no but hey it's it's fodder for the outtakes it's at least a little bit of fodder for the outtakes i was spending this time uh, while i was waiting for you uh realizing that 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 video game inscription that you and I both yeah. played and talked about yeah. on the podcast a lot has a um, apparently they had an ARG like a like a real life oh that's fun kind of thing um, and it revealed that like I guess Hitler is the ultimate goal oh damn that's that's not as fun uh-huh. <laughs> yeah apparently they um, the, the, the the ARG revealed that the the special code that they kept talking about the old data yeah. in that game uh, is was a code to uh, resurrect and take possession of Adolf Hitler's corpse and okay. I guess make him do other Hitler I'm over things. him what do you what are your thoughts I'm over that guy you know <laughs> you're over Hitler I'm over him you're, you're, he's enough out of him would you would you say you're done with Hitler I would definitely say I'm done with Hitler. Is that brave? <laughs> You're being 
Chris, I don't know that you need to be this brave on the podcast. People are going to accuse us of virtue signaling if you keep talking about your hatred. It always happens. I'm always being (laughs) accused. But you know what? Why? I'm just here to talk about aliens. I don't want to hear that Hitler is bad. God gives his scariest battles to his bravest soldiers. I just, I just want to listen to you boys talk about Scully and Mulder and not have to hear about how Hitler is bad in the outtakes. I don't think that Scully that's Scully and fair. Mulder are hot, huh? Oh, dude, did you have you looked up the ship name for Scully and Mulder? No, what is it? Um, it's something real, real dumb. I feel like it's so it's um. Oh fuck! What is it? It should I'm, just be like Smolder, shouldn't it? Well, I think it's like before anybody. Oh, it's before we did that. So it's, yeah, yeah, it's, it's like it's, flying saucer or something. No, no, no. So it's MSR, and it stands for Mulder Scully relationship. No, I don't know. Actually, that's kind of there's something kind of sweet about that. This um this this helpful Google thing also uh, tells me that uh, Moon Boon is to stand for Zarya Moon Wolf and Kitty Boon and Mysticons. So wow, wow. I, just, I was just I was gonna I was gonna ask if you knew, but that's great. <laughs> ask me anything you need to know about Mysticons. I'm here. Tell me, ask um, me a single question about Mysticons, and I will. I don't I'll even let, know what Mysticons I is. Don't. I have no idea. I've never heard it's got of a great stuff. ship name in it, though. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's obviously a cartoon of some kind. Um, it looks like it's definitely aimed towards a younger audience. Uh, all female cast. It looks like, which is which is dope. Wow, wow. I know. I think I I heard that between Star Trek and X Files, that's what's sort of like popularized, um, like shipping, shipping mm-hmm. culture. I guess kind of yeah. Um, and that's probably just because that was also the time that uh you know forums and early internet stuff was popping up so people could actually like, congregate and talk about this stuff the um, uh the star trek stuff actually started before the internet that started way way back in the day like with people handing out like passing around zines at conventions and stuff oh yeah um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah it's yeah. like the the never don't do not <laughs> go look up some history on uh like the all of the women that were doing that back in the day because it's like also it's in, insane in yeah even as you say that i know it, with uh with gundam in japan in the early days when, when it wasn't very successful, now it's this huge, you know, global brand or whatever. But, uh, when the show had first just started, they're just selling some toys. The thing that kind of kept it afloat was the, the fan, like the passion from young women who watched the show and shipped the male characters together. They were the biggest like supporters of it and they like kept it alive. So I guess that's, that's eighties. Right. So, um, people were doing it. People, you know, those ships are going to sail no matter what you do. It's so, it's so interesting too, because like, especially the star Trek fandom, I think is so, coming up when I did, like in the, you know, by the time I had consciousness, which is mid eighties, right? Like, t- mm. so eighties and nineties, like it was such a male dominated thing to, to see from the outside. Like that entire, what I knew to be quote unquote fandom, which was just like comedians and sitcoms making jokes about it on TV. Right. Like that's all you really knew. Like, but it was so heavily yeah. focused on like, Oh, these are a bunch of nerds that like nerd stuff. These are all dorks and like the fucking guy from the Simpsons or whatever. And then you actually look at the history and you're like, Oh, <laughs> no that's not what this was at all wild okay cool yeah Yeah. it's fascinating i love this stuff i think that i was uh, never i'll say it dude i think archive of our own ao3 is probably one of the last bastions of of ye old great internet like i think it holds the ideals i mean you take one look at it yeah (laughs) it it looks like the old internet and i mean that as a compliment that's i don't think that you do i think that you're being mean right now no it just i'm being sincere and i need you to be sincere with me i know i genuinely am you go there and you look at it and you're like i can do one thing here and it's read yeah and i think that that 
is actually awesome. Like, there's no ads. There's nothing being thrown in your face. It's, I'm going to search for things. It, does, it has a crazy good filter system, too, right? Oh, yeah. The tags are incredible. Yeah. yeah. Like, all of their... So, it's, it, it's so user-friendly. No, that was genuine. And... That was genuine. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, the thing that we wanted the internet to do when it started happening, like, with mm-hmm. the, the, the ideals of the internet back in the day, like, I think... AO3 is one of the very, very few websites that are still like, like clinging to that. Uh, maybe Wikipedia. Too? Yeah, I was gonna say Wikipedia. That was yeah. the other thing. Um, and God knows, no, there's no fandom wiki, and I know that those are fan run pages, and they got to put, you know, food on the table somehow, um, so that the ads on fandom pages are typically um, really, really out of control. Um, but when you, I was trying to look up something about the X Files last night, and I was like, I can't even get this to load on my phone. There's know, so many ads dude, on it's, this. It's incredibly bad. It's it's so horrible. And I I can't find. I'm curious, listeners, if you're out there. I want to believe that you are. Um, that's a joke that we got to get going on the mm-hmm. podcast, Chris. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I had to give it. I'll, I'll come back to it in a second. Say what you're gonna say. Uh, I was looking for like a actual X Files wiki, like a like because you know with the supernatural fandom, like there's like the the supernatural wiki dash wiki dot com, which is all like the real fans running it. It's not the fandom stuff, um, and yeah. I, I can't find that for X Files at all. Like I have to go to fandom, and like fandom doesn't mm. even have trivia for the episodes, which is crazy to me. Yeah, that's um, we tr- trivia is basically what it's. I mean, maybe it's on IMDb, maybe it's all housed on there. Um, I had to give a a like a presentation after I graduated college. They asked me to come back and like talk about my career, which is which was basically what I the same thing I do now. Maybe, so it maybe, wasn't much maybe, of a maybe a little early for that. <laughs> maybe a little early for that. Uh, and and I was so uncomfortable because I'm like I don't fucking have a career. I have like a shitty job. Um, it's like when uh, D on It's Always Sunny somehow got the substitute uh, drama teacher, and she has yeah, to like give yeah. a speech to the students about being an actor, and then they're like, "What have you been in?" And she's like, "Lots of." that was me i just got like really buzzed before i got up there and i decided i said to like my professor and some of my friends i was like i'm gonna make an x-files reference like 10 times while i'm up there i'm gonna and i so i would just said like i want to believe like i would switch slip all those things into it and i look back now and i'm just like what the fuck was i doing i was drunk referencing the x-files talking about a non-existent career in front of a bunch of english majors what who what invited was, me what was how I did doing i end up there? there yeah what made what teacher saw this inside of me and thought that this was my chance like this is this is the i'm gonna give chris Mosier the chance to do this and then like this happens a nightmare a nightmare my um my recording software paused for a second i don't know if it actually paused on my audio for just like froze for a second so right around this point in the conversation you might see a hiccup or something but, i'll drop um, a marker all good uh, have you been playing any video games lately, Chris? Have I been gaming? Have you have been, I gaming? been gaming? I've been playing that stupid fucking cat game. I'll tell you that much. Um, oh my god, dude! I gotta feed that cat. What puzzle? I gotta you feed on? that fucking cat. I'm on. I'm on two o two. I just passed two hundred today. I'm uh like three sixteen. I'm I'm Woo! deep into the expert levels and and god it's, damn. It's uh, Chris. It's 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 it's, it's hard out here, brother. <laughs> I was looking at a set of lines earlier, and I I thought I don't think I've unlocked. Like the reasoning needed for for this just yet. Like I have to come back to this later. Like my I haven't. I know that there's a method for me to solve this, but I I'm not there yet. I'm not advanced enough yet. I need more time. I need more training. And the fact that I could recognize that is actually quite frightening. <laughs> it's um I'm I'm like today I was uh I was sitting at a doctor's office waiting. So of course I'm feeding that fucking cat, man. And every spare moment in my life I'm feeding the fucking cat. Yeah. And yeah. uh I I was having to do like three level deep 
um, like rule, like to rule out colors on a square to get one square <laughs> yep. to do yep. Yep. one single square. And then like I did the thing like that you do where at least I do it. Like every time I get, if I'm in a pretty difficult part of the puzzle and like things aren't just like flowing, I get one new square and I'm like, okay, what does this unlock for me? What else does this yep. like? Yep. And I, now, and you gotta, start, now you have to reassess everything. Every, reassess everything. And it gave me nothing else. It gave yeah. me absolutely nothing else. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God. <laughs> so when I, I, I oh God, that's the, the worst. <laughs> where you're like, okay, I finally nailed one and it yielded nothing. Okay, great. Uh, back when I would do Sudokus all the time, I played it on my 3DS. That was my primary means of it. Same. And so it was yeah. really easy to take notes on it and stuff. So you could like, there, this cat fucking game doesn't have any note taking, you know? <laughs> so you just got to know. <laughs> you just got to know. <laughs> I'm drawing, you, I'm going to be get with colored pencils, you know? <laughs> you, uh, you, you can do... I found out that you can do like a like a question mark square the other day. Like you can do like a like a like oh if it's, okay that's what that's for. All yeah right. yeah yeah. So you can do that to like oh maybe it's this color. But honestly, that would just like fuck me up. I think so. That I haven't fucked even, me up. I think yeah. I and then I accidentally discovered uh, I think it's the paintbrush icon at the top of the screen. Mm. That'll just fill in a row for you. Oh. <laughs> that'll do a row or no a column because if a, i'm if i'm an hour into a thing i don't give a shit i'll fucking i'll cheat <laughs> <laughs> let me move on i want to play the game not suffer you know? i sent you the screenshot the other day dog of the fucking 90 minute marathon that i had yeah. I, I have another yeah. screenshot that shows me completely clearing the board at minute like 50 like just Ooh. literally just wiping off in the entire progress because i don't know where i went wrong with it where i'm just like i yep that it's happened to me up. earlier, and I just closed the app, and I'm like, that's definitely <laughs> gone now. I'm going to have to start back over. <laughs> Cat's, cat is dead today. I'm not, I'm not feeding this fucking uh, cat. But other than feeding that fucking cat, I've been playing Resident Evil. I've, what, I did, um, what is it called? Separate Ways. Yeah. And then I did that on Professional Difficulty. And then I did it. Uh, then I finished RE4, the main game, on Professional Difficulty, which that's the highest difficulty. Um and now I've gone back on the easiest difficulty to try and get some of the trophies, like beating the game without talking to the merchant, beating the game without healing, stuff like that. Um, and it actually is incredibly cathartic after struggling through the uh, highly high difficult setting to just pop every zombie with, with one shot and then just move on. It's just so satisfying because I love, love, love Resident Evil. It's probably like my second favorite series next to maybe Final Fantasy. Um but I'm not good at it, so getting through the harder difficulties is, is quite the challenge. So this is a much needed vacation from that. I would argue that it's probably your favorite series. Like if you go game by game, I think you probably I think, like. Yeah, you're more... probably right, especially in the modern day. That's like, yeah, I I take a, I take time to play. Well, I take time for Final Fantasy, but like my minute to minute enjoyment is higher with Resident Evil. Um, other than maybe maybe like Dark Souls would be up there, I guess. Um, even though I'm not like as big into dark souls as far as like you know watching the videos and being involved in the community or anything like that when it comes to actually playing a video game like that's probably that's probably up there it feels good in the hands you know yeah yeah i'm um i've, I've been playing that sea of stars game doing little, oh yeah jrpg what are you doing doing a little jrpg action uh it's good man i like it like it's uh it's, it looks gorgeous it's very beautiful uh it's like it chrono is. trigger it is very similar to Kona Trigger, I think. Like the 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 active combat bar kind of thing that they mm -hmm. have, which is basically like enemies have a number of turns 
um, above their head. So like every time um, you take one action, that, that clock ticks down. So if it's at three and you hit them, that goes down to two and then they attack at zero. <clears throat> um, okay. Very similar to the to the combat system in, in Chrono Trigger, I think. Um, and it's kind of very similar, like pixel art and things like that. Um, although it's not like got, it's got great music. It doesn't have Chrono Trigger music. Um, right. And, and it doesn't seem to be about time travel yet. I've not so. played a lot of Chrono Trigger, but I've listened to a lot of the Chrono Trigger soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking beautiful, man. It's great. It's, yeah. it's one of the it's best. It's good shit. Yeah, yeah. Wiz Khalifa sampled it. That's how you know it's good. <laughs> that's how you know it's that's good. Yeah, um, I have mostly been reading, which is which is new and good. I don't know if I talked about this last time. Other, we talked about Stephen King, and it's been a very long time since I've read a horror novel, like a big beefy one that wasn't by King, because there's not that many out there. It feels like it feels like most most horror novels are pretty quick reads. Um, maybe I'm oversimplifying it, but I've been reading Ghost Story by peter straub who's collaborated with stephen king before mm-hmm. and dude this this book is like making me like stressed out at night like i'm like i have to i have to put something else on i have to you know read something different or like play a game because this is like it was it's scaring me this book's scaring me <laughs> it's just, rare it's a rare feel like i recommend the book though i finished a horror book uh last night actually called oh, what'd you read? Um, what'd you read? blood music oh uh i guess it's 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 maybe like it was I thought it was very spooky and scary uh but it's very like sci-fi horror there's a lot of talk about like the things that make up our blood and like a lot of a lot of things like that Uh, but apparently it's from like the 80s uh which I didn't know when I started and I I kind of very confusedly was like the way that they're talking about stuff like this seems (laughs) very strange to me yeah um and but but yeah finding out it was from the 80s like made it make a bit bit more sense but man it was it went fucking quick like it was probably like 300 pages and i finished it in two or three nights like it just went damn super fast and i i don't know man like it wasn't um there's just something you got to really love about it like it's just it's just it was just breezy and good and spooky i love a good breezy good this this one ghost story has been a little bit dense the structure of it is it's a little bit dense as well where it's framed around the telling of of some different stories and then how that bleeds into whatever's happening in the in the present day. Uh, it's done very effectively, but you'll turn the page, you start a new chapter, and you're kind of starting over at the beginning of a story, and you're like, okay, where is this going? Like, you're following a college professor as he starts to date a grad student, and I'm like, oh, geez, this guy's a shitbag. He's, you know, whatever. But then as I'm reading these 70 pages, and I think, like, I'm, I start off feeling a little bit bored or uninterested, by the end of that, I'm so uncomfortable that I am like blown away by how good it was, you know. Like I'm just like, holy fucking shit, that got under my skin. That was good. Um, yeah, good book. Don't really know what it's about entirely yet. <laughs> I'll I've, tell you what I finished. I've but... read Ghost Story. It's a, it's a, it's a. Oh, fun you read. know, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, it's it's extremely fun and good. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm, um, yeah, all right. The other one I'm, re- I'm reading is Mary by Nat Cassidy, which is like a. Uh, it, it calls itself essentially a spiritual successor to Carrie by Stephen King. Mm-hmm. I think that's very accurate. It's also extremely good. I had to stop though because me and Jess are reading it together and I got ahead of her so now I got to wait for her to catch up um, which is killing me because I really know want to know how that book ends. <laughs> how do you guys read together? Well, just like both are just reading it each day and then we'll talk about it later oh okay so it's like a book club thing you're not it's like, like a podcast that you do on the phone it's, it's human interaction is that what <laughs> yeah, you're telling me yeah yeah <laughs> it's normal human interaction is that what you just told me <laughs> something like that uh yeah me and uh I, the reason i was asking is because um the i like those murder bot uh books quite a bit yeah um yeah. and the author of that just came out with like this kind of high fantasy book which i read and autumn was interested in reading it uh but we share a kindle app 
So oh. if you if you share a Kindle app and you're both reading the same in-book, ebook, it'll be like, do you want to sync to the farthest page, like on the such and such read? So it makes it difficult to actually read a book together. That's why I was that, yeah, that's where my yes. brain went. Yeah, yeah. As opposed to yeah. having two physical books and having yeah. a conversation about it over the phone, like which is a totally <laughs> normal fucking experience. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's a it's a good experience. It's a nice experience because we're both just like, okay, what the fuck is going on with this? What is happening with that? Do you think this means that? Um, which is fun. Uh, I mean, it's just basically it's podcaster. It's <laughs> I just started, um, uh, Autumn called this a nonstop thrill ride when she was reading it. It's, it's called The Gone World. Um, and I'll just say that in the first 30 minutes, uh, a woman sees an image of herself um, being crucified upside down, floating in air. Uh, That's hardcore. And I was like, okay, <laughs> this is this is a good month for this. This is spooky and scary, and I'm yeah, into it. It has a very evocative book cover, depending on which uh, which edition you get. I Googled it. I saw the the blue one is the one that shows up on Kindle, so I don't know what. There's a couple blue ones. They're all evocative, so uh, uh, um, so I'm interested. I, none of these that I've seen on Google Images. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, never mind. Um, I the, the last thing maybe we should talk about the X Files. I was in the mood for some good old fashioned uh, dumb fantasy, so I reread um, two of the Dragonlance Chronicles books. I don't know if you ever read those. Absolutely. Um, but uh, enjoyed those, and then I was like, "What did what did Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman also write?" And then I picked up the Dark Sword trilogy by them because it's called the Dark Sword trilogy. Of course, yeah. And this first book, which I enjoyed, is called Forging the Dark Sword. It's got a hideous cover. I absolutely love it. Um, it's it's like two hundred pages of of setting up a world and setting up characters, and like the person who I thought was going to be the main character is absolutely not at all. And everybody's motivations are super weird and unexpected. And then I finished it and I was like, that was unlike any other fantasy novel I've ever read. And I don't think it was necessarily like necessarily excellent. I don't even think it was as good as Dragonlance. But there was something about its uniqueness that really worked for me, even though it's pulling elements from lots of other fantasy stories, a world where everyone's born with magic. And if you aren't born with magic, you're considered like an exile or whatever. Yeah. Um, just like and, uh, know, Piers Anthony's book, The Color of Her Panties. It's just like that, color, right? That's It's just like that. It's just like that. Um <laughs> And I don't know, something about the, like, just reading that kind of, like, 80s fantasy just really, really spoke to me. Um, I wasn't even alive when it came out. Anyway, should we talk about the X-Files? The Dark Sword trilogy? Was that what it was? I'm writing it down. Yeah, the Dark Sword trilogy, yeah. After after this nonstop through a ride with the uh, weird crucifixions, I'm going to need something else to read, so... I'm just Googling it to see if it comes up. Oh, yeah, that first book with that fucking ugly book cover. Hell fucking yeah. Hell fucking yeah, dude. I love an ugly book cover. All right. Let me, let me, let me, let me see. Oh, dude. Yeah. That blue one Force, with the two Yeah, that's, I'm trying to get a bigger dude. image. What is, give give yeah, it to dude. me. <laughs> oh, dude, look at this guy's muscles. Oh, I, yeah. love, I love Who this guy. Who is he? <laughs> By the authors of the Deathgate Chronicle. Ooh. You gotta love when part one is forging the sword. Dude, what, so what, what's going to go on with the story the rest of the series? We gotta, we gotta, these are the questions we got to I will, ask. spoilers, they did forge the Dark Sword. Oh, yeah, because then there's the Doom of the Dark Sword later that, yeah. that, that year. Yeah. Well, you know that there's going to be, uh, it's going to be a hot trilogy when all three books came out in the same year, and then there's a follow-up a decade later called Legacy yep. of the Dark Sword. Yep. Uh-huh. <laughs> there's just something about it. I don't know. It just, I said I, I read it, and I was like, nobody else is going to enjoy it. So I'm glad we're talking about it, because I just thought no one's going to give a shit about this. Um, but it, it just fucking hit me, <laughs> and I was just all over it. God, the the first they got a preview of the first page and it's just got some like hand drawn art in it. And it just reminds me of being like the first time that I ever went to um it was 
uh, it was Books a Million. It wasn't uh, Barnes and Noble. Mm-hmm. We weren't fancy. Mm-hmm. We had a Books a Million. Um, but it was the first time I had like my driver's license. So it oh, been yeah. 95, 96 era and like driving to by myself and just finding a bunch of books and buying all of the books that I wanted. Like Hell I'd take yeah. it, taken those trips with other people or whatever, but doing it by myself and like, it's liberating beholden to nobody else's schedule uh-huh. like my mom uh-huh. isn't in the store like nobody's getting mad at me i can do whatever i want and just like chill it out and then opening every single book and reading the first five or ten pages or something because who, who's gonna stop me because who gives a shit i i remember that's the first thing i did when i got my license i drove to a walden books you know in the, the mall near me and i went and i just picked out a bunch of fucking fantasy novels i got the city of splendor so it's a forgotten realms book i do remember that yeah. one um hell yeah just picking up some fucking shit i don't even know if i ever finished that book it's not important x files though is extremely important we should talk, let's about, talk that. about it let's talk about it There once was a man in 1967 who looked at the sky and thought he saw heaven. But when he reached out, heaven was too hot. And then his body was covered with little tiny polka dots. He told his story to all and all wouldn't stop. They kept coming and coming until in his heart there was not. He died in 83 in 1999. And if you believe this story, wait till you hear mine.